Hi, I'm Harry. And I'm Simon. Together we sell all sorts of antiques and collectibles from our two auction houses in Windsor and in Devon. But where do the items come from? Join us as we chat about house clearances, our weird and wonderful finds. And interview others in the antiques and auction trade. And if we're honest, just about any other topic that happens to come to mind. Welcome back to the Gavel and the Gavel. It's me, Harry, and I am joined, as I always say, as ever, by... It's Simon from Devon. Do you want to know what time it is, Harry? It is six minutes past five. And do you know how I know that? Because the big hand has just passed the dear X listener, dear on listener, Rolex. Simon. Rolex. A customer has uh, consigned a really rather lovely uh, Rolex. Um, fortunately, the customer knows auctioneer Simon quite well. Very well. And therefore, Simon is trying on and is now modelling it for me on the screen. <laughs> it's quite upsetting. It's really nice. And it's coming up for sale in our end of April, beginning of May auction, I believe. Is that right? No, no, because I thought you were going to buy it for me. I'm not buying for you. I'm not going Why down not? the whole car route again. Why not? You buy it for. I, I, I've slightly fallen in love with it. It's a Rolex Oyster Perpetual Date Just. It's with a silver dial. I've already um, got a text message from your wife saying you can't have it. Oh, well, that's that then. <laughs> Uh, you were okay. looking for something to discuss in the intro. I can tell you, you're not getting a yeah. new watch. Just like I wasn't getting a new Mustang. Imagine me in a black Mustang wearing my Rolex. Living on your own. Living by myself. <laughs> sleeping in said Mustang. But at least I'll know how long I've been lonely for. Because my Rolex will tell me. That's how I will know how long I've been divorced for because... Mr. Rolex <laughs> will keep very good yeah. time. I don't, mate. I don't think it's worth. I don't think it's worth throwing away your life for uh, a Rolex and a Mustang. That's a proper midlife crisis, that isn't it? That is a midlife crisis. We are back in the land of interviews today, aren't we? Not. We are. Do you want to tell the listener? I would suggest that possibly we have one of the most, certainly currently, famous auctioneers in the land. Why don't you tell our dear listener who we're talking to today? The lovely Angus Ashworth, the Yorkshire auctioneer. He of Rydale auctioneers fame. Here's Angus Ashworth, the Yorkshire auctioneer. Welcome back to the gavel and the gavel and I am overjoyed to be joined not only by my usual partner in crime simon but the most hotly requested guest uh, interview on uh, the pod it's angus ashworth of rydell auctions and of course the yorkshire auction house and a, 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 like a billion and one other things that he does and has got up to in his life angus thanks for joining us nice to see you how are you I'm, I'm very well, thank you. Yeah, um, and thank you for the intro. I, I hope I don't disappoint now. <laughs> you won't disappoint. <laughs> well, Angus, Angus, it's great to get you on the podcast. Uh, if only because you have made us auctioneers cool. You with the auction auction house and the throwing of the gavel and that TV program, <laughs> you've made us all cool. So thank you for that. That's absolutely brilliant. Uh, well, that's all right. Yeah, I, I, I always sort of used to. Throw, I get quite excited when I'm on the roster, and you know, you know what it's like. You get an adrenaline rush. Sales going well, and you know, I, I don't know. I just it wasn't a TV thing. I sort of used to shut the gavel on. Of course, when they started recording, they just latched onto that like. Oh. Uh, <laughs> Boom, and then it, it, you know, it's become a bit of a trademark. It's so, a trademark, uh, isn't it? It's your signature. Yeah, and I, I have dropped it. 
you know, <laughs> oh, thank God. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. Simon's, Simon's thanking you, Angus. I'm really cack handed. So I'm not a massive fan of this because I tried it and dropped it all over the shop. So I've given up. <laughs> yeah. Now, Angus, um, for our listeners out there, can you tell us? Uh, we all know about the Yorkshire Auction House. All love that show. Mm. Brilliant show. Brilliant fly on the wall for uh, what we do as auctioneers and auction houses up and down the country. But tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got started in the auction trade yeah sure so I've, I've always been around it you know um family are into antiques you know mom's side of family were, were, were sort of in the trade and i used to go to sales as a young lad you know sort of 12 13 years old i used to go to auctions was into military all came from sort of reading sharp and, uh, and that sort of thing and uh uh good yorkshireman sean bean and um <laughs> yeah he used to go to sales and started collecting powder flasks and we did work experience from school uh at sale room they offered me a job so week after my 16th birthday i left school left home uh moved into a bed set scarborough and i became an auctioneer at 16. i was on the rostrum selling um i don't know maybe the youngest auctioneer around at that time wow. but um started off selling uh fridges and freezers which wasn't the most exciting but it was a start and did everything with it within the business i was there four years and loved the job but it, it was time to to move on so went to the family business which is engineering deep sea fishing equipment uh but still did freelance work uh, a bit of you know consultancy on, on a military side and that sort of thing was in the reserve forces as well territorial army it was uh back then reserve forces infantry uh so i got called up uh for iraq in 0405 and then volunteered for afghanistan in 2008 to 2009 hang on hang on sorry you went to iraq and then volunteered so you stayed yeah. in and volunteered to go to afghanistan what regiment yeah, so were you with well, it was originally Greenhouse and it became Yorkshire regiments um, right. yeah, yeah. when I was in Iraq. So in Iraq, I was attached to the, the parachute regiment. I was a machine gunner. Um, and that was very early days of the, the TA getting mobilised. So literally an envelope came through my letterbox. You've got 28 days to report for duty. You've been mobilised. And then you go out there for six months. You're away for a year in total. And then they, they changed how they did mobilisation going forward. So when Afghanistan was on, uh, they did what they called intelligent mobilization. So they would come to our unit, which was 4th Battalion Yorkshire Regiment, and say, we need a platoon of lads. And then they would ask us for volunteers to fill those roles before they sent the letters out. Um, so that, you know, you got people that it might be the right time in their life or whatever. You've just had a baby, you might not want to get mobilized. Um, so that worked better, I think for people in general so i volunteered uh for afghanistan and came back from that and this was always my passion and you know while i was working in dad's business he knew this was my passion and we saw a site in kirby moorside he's been on mill tanker depot and i thought that'd make a good sale room and so signed a lease and december the 4th 2010 was my first sale so i've been going 12 years and it's just grown grown from there really it's fantastic in, and harry that's interesting because that is almost identically the same time we start, Harry and I started Windsor auctions. Yeah, but Simon, just qualify that without the very brave military service in that story. <laughs> I've got to say. <laughs> which is why I was, which is why I sort of led Angus that way. Because I was thinking, I've done a bit of research. I think we almost set up within a month of each other. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, we were both 
you know, no. pardon the expression, Do- mucking about in the corporate world prior yeah, to that. Yeah, so we exactly. just <laughs> none of that. There was, there was, the, but yeah, that's where the similarity completely yeah, ends. Absolutely, ends. none but of the bravery, all of the auction house bit, all yeah. of the auction house. And so you set up the auction house from scratch, exactly as Harry and I did. Yeah, completely, completely from scratch. Um, so I found a site, you know, it's a good site, plenty of parking, big, big sort of warehouse. Uh, first sale was a bit of a nightmare because it was about 10 foot deep in snow. We had to get a farmer in with a tractor so people could actually <laughs> oh, get to the sale. Um, I, I was like, oh my God, you know, I've spent all my money and, and you know, had to have that sale. Um, and then it, it sort of really took off, you know, the, getting into the new year and, you know, started getting staff and all, all those things. And it, you know, grew and we put mezzanine floor in and, and, and you know, grew the site. Uh, and two years in, we got the option to buy the neighboring site. Uh, which is a builder's yard and, and house. Um, the banks weren't over keen on that. But anyway, we, we managed to make it work. So we expanded into there. And then, you know, fast forward to where we are now, you know, we put more buildings up. Fast forward to where we are now, you know, we, we, we opened the cafe last year, the Gavel and Bean. Uh, so <laughs> not quite the Gavel and Gavel, but the Gavel and Bean, as in coffee bean. Uh, and then Fantastic. another neighbouring site uh, we completed on last year, which connects to us, was, was a garage and forecourt. So we, we've expanded into there as well. So it's um, it's grown quite a lot. You know, we're 32 staff at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, it, it's grown quite a lot, particularly in the last two years. And do you run specialist sales? Do you run, uh, do you have a general sale? How does the month pan out for you? Yeah, so we, we, we have predominantly two, two sales a month. And, you know, uh, we've actually got a sale tomorrow. Um, so the first weekend of the month, oh. we have, <laughs> yeah, a bit of a plug there. Um, Sorry about this. First, that's all right. <laughs> um, the, the first weekend of the month is our, we, we call it the monthly sale, which I suppose this year. General sale, a bit of all sorts, home interiors, collectibles, and however you want to market it. But yeah, a bit of everything. And that will vary between six and sort of 1,200 lots. It might be a one day sale, it might be a three day sale, uh, two days. G- generally, average is about a two day sale. Um, so that that's the sort of the main regular sale. And then the third weekend of the month, we always have a specialist sale. So we have four country house sales a year. Uh, we do the collector sales, which will be. Toys, Railway Arna, uh, we, we, we're very big on, on the military, we're known for that, so we do a lot of that. Sporting sales and country sporting, you know, we're registered firearms dealers, so we do a lot of that side of things. Uh, so we do eight of those a year, four of the country house, and that that's the main sales calendar. There's various things that falls into the, the collector's sale. Uh, but then we do do occasional additional stuff. Um, we just, uh, we've got a team at York at the moment, cataloging a big commercial timed auction for a, a prop hire company, uh, a load of theatre costumes, and we do the occasional offsite sale and that sort of thing. So there's various bits that drop in there. And we also run sort of every two months, uh, we have a system that things go in two sales, and then if the vendor doesn't want them back or you know what have you, they drop into a timed auction only uh, as a bit of a, a clearing. It's thing. like Angus so. wrote our handbook. It's like, we're like, <laughs> we're the, <laughs> I was just listening to that and going, I do two auctions a month. Then I drop it into a title. You know, I was like, hang on a minute. He's actually, he's actually owns my business. And I never knew. <laughs> oh, right, sorry. <laughs> so, um, I'm going to check so my office next time. It's, it's yeah, full on. Yeah. It's, I have it's spies a, everywhere. <laughs> So it's a full-on calendar up there, Angus, and somehow yeah. you managed to throw in this TV gig as well. How on earth does that work? 
So I've done various bits of, of telly before, you know, where Ross Kemp joins in Afghanistan. Uh, I've done a little bit of um, posh pawnbrokers, like I was an advisor on there, but not not nothing sort of, you know, proper sort of paid work. Although I, I was in the King's Speech. Um, if you blink, you'd miss me, but I am in the King's Speech, uh, the movie. But no, the, the first oh, Sorry, of, sorry. How did you manage that? Uh, well, they needed soldiers to play. Um, so I, have you seen the film? Yes. Yeah, yeah. When he walks out to the stadium and he sort of chokes on his his first speech, yeah. I'm one of the soldiers in front of him. Yeah. Oh, they actually looked for soldiers to be soldiers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. it was an extra <laughs> role, yeah. but yeah, um, I was yeah, playing the, the role of the soldier. That. Yeah, so I've done little bits and bobs, nothing, you know, just just bits, you know, asked to do stuff, and then got the phone call from STV about road trip, antiques road trip, and asked if I would audition for that. I, I quite like the phrase, as I'm a bit older now, they said, oh, you know, we're looking for some new, younger talents. So I said, oh, that sounds quite good. <laughs> I thought they'd want to come to the sale room, you know, film the road trip here, but no, they, they wanted, you know, a few new people on the programme. So I had to audition for that. did a video on my phone. They invited me up to, to Glasgow to film a mock episode. And, yeah, I got the gig on there, which was great. And road trip's brilliant. It is... Basically, you get paid to drive around in a classic car and buy antiques with somebody else's money. I mean, what, what is the nonsense? <laughs> uh, I mean, it's, it's, it's fantastic. And, you know, you're paired up with somebody else, similar interest, and it's great fun. So I, I that's where it all really started. I, I did free done three of the ordinary road trips, art, they call it, antiques road trip, and then the celebrity ones, carts. Uh, I've done several of those. And uh, so that... You know, that's where it all started. STV that made that got approached by Discovery for this new auction program. And of course, if you put Yorkshire in front of anything, it sells. Uh, sorry. <laughs> um, but, Here we go. Uh, um, Any so, minute yeah, now, it's going to be God's country, Simon. Wait for it. Any minute oh, now. It is, you know. <laughs> all of Britain's lovely, but yeah. Um, and, you know, I'd always been known as the, the sort of the Yorkshireman on, on road trip and everything else. So it all fitted the bill, really. And we, we got commissioned for our first series uh, in 2020, 10 episodes. We started filming in March. We did two weeks, and then the world went a bit crazy. Uh, so that that was interesting. Trying to film it because in TV world they don't like they don't like things to be dated, so they can repeat it to death. I mean, we, we all know everything gets repeated. So we had to be with inside the law of restrictions, but make it look like COVID didn't exist because nice. they thought it just be that's easy. The pan. Um, so that. <laughs> That was a really complicated year. Uh, first episode, you see us shaking hands with the contributors, and then the next episode, we're, we're 50 metres apart, you know, <laughs> on loud hailers. But um, it worked, and it, we got the first series done, and that that, that went out, and it, it did really well. It became the channel's highest-rated programme in eight years, I think it is. So we got commissioned again, this time for five celebrity episodes and 20 ordinary. Uh, so that went really well. And then we're halfway through... The current deal, which there's five slab episodes went out before Christmas. Uh, the first batch of 10 are on at the moment. I think we're up to episode four. There'll be another 10 that we've already made that will go out, I think, September time. And I start back in two, three weeks' time filming the next run of 25, five celebrity and 20 ordinary. So we've made 60 to date. At the end of this next run, we would have made 85 episodes of wow. uh, Yorkshire Auction House. And how do you feel? Yeah, but it's a full time thing. Yeah, and how do you feel? Because the success of it is phenomenal, isn't it? Like you say, highest yeah. rated on the channel. I mean, 
you know, you probably you knew it was going to be good, but my word, I mean, it has been something else, hasn't it? Yeah, I mean, it's you, you, you think, oh, you know, we're on there, it'd be good, but I mean, and it did cause problems, you know, if I'm completely honest, you know, we were a bit overwhelmed, the amount of inquiries we got, and it takes a while to build the business to cope with that. So I think it did cause problems for us as a business. Um, and but but you know you adapt and you overcome that and we're in a much yeah. stronger position now. I, I've got a team under me that they don't have to have me on on, on the nitty gritty all day and every day because you know when we're filming. I mean this year I'll have had. I mean I've just had four weeks off, but I mean we would have been filming pretty much for ten months out of the year. Really? Uh, yeah, and you're away a lot. You know they send me all over the country, you know, I mean, last series we were in France and, you know, you go down to London for three days, come back, you've got an auction to get done and, and you know, and you've got all your ordinary business to do as well. So it, it's full on, but you know, we wouldn't not do it. <laughs> so <laughs> no, sure. I can't complain too much. Yeah. But do you, do you, I've, do you always make sure that you're back at base to do the auctions? Because I mean, I'm not being rude, but you are, I know you've got a great team, but you are the pull, aren't you? On the, on the roster and people uh, like, you to be about yeah they, they do yeah and I, I generally do the bulk of the auctions but I, i've got two other auctioneers uh jeremy and, and chris and instantly you know jeremy who's my sort of sales manager when i started at 16 i was his junior um so and now he, he sort of works for me so he, he taught me to sell all those years ago oh fantastic um, so yeah i mean you go back just two and a half years roughly i was the only auctioneer i would do all the sales start to finish you know 800 lots just done there six hours or whatever it was um and run free it's quite nice now <laughs> to be able to see my bit so when you're filming an auction um it's quite complicated you might have free stories on that day or free free contributors vendors uh whatever you want to call them all or celebrities so i generally have to jump up you'll sell their items because obviously that's got to be on camera uh me selling that then I'll jump off. We'll run outside. I could do the reveal to them and say, "Oh, you're walking." At that point, Jeremy or Chris has jumped up on the rostrum, <laughs> selling it at non-TV items, if you like. And then I have to shoot back up, get back on for the next story. Uh, so it, it's quite, you know, intense. Um, but we, we've got it off to a fine art now. You know, we, we've, we're well in, you know, sixty episodes in. We're, you know, the crew pretty much is the same crew. So you, you do like anything. You get slicker at it. And Angus yeah. is lifting the veil for our listener. They're going to love this. <laughs> and come on, They're going to love uh, this. Yeah, and our listener, one of the things, obviously, um, our listeners like is stories from auctioneers of their best find, their best moments. So from the from the TV series, uh, series so far, what would yeah. be come, – let's share with us uh, your best moment so far or the best story that you've come across that's been televised so far that people can go and find in Catch Up TV. Yeah, so I think episode one of the current series that's on telly now, uh, which you'll be able to get on Discovery Plus, that was a wonderful story. Uh, job just local to us, Bridlington, and uh, it was a um, lady and her, her brother who was there, who incidentally I've been in the army with, but um, that, that's side story. But um, her husband had passed away, and he, he'd been a, a big collector, coins, stamps, but, I mean, we're talking serious gold coin collection, uh, really good Victorian stamp collection, and he, he would be—he'd been a, a moffer, so he'd got all these. He went out and he'd capture moths and record them. It was an official, you know, part of the national database, and he had all these lovely specimen cabinets with all the moths from East 
Yorkshire, really, and Eastern North Yorkshire. Uh, so that was a phenomenal job. I mean, it's the highest grossing job in terms of value that we've had on the program. Um, you know, they walked away with uh, I think it was about 55,000 after fees. So a great job. But it's not, I think that the reason why the program's successful is it's not really always about the money. That's the icing on the cake. All oh, they did well on that. It, it's more about the stories and, and people's collections. And I, People always say, oh, what's the most expensive item you've ever sold? But for me, actually, I, I get more of a buzz out of a big collection. You know, when you've got somebody's life collection of yeah, yeah, medals yeah. Or, or whatever it is, and you think, wow, that's that whole life collection. The whole sale might do a lot of money rather than one individual item. I, I think for me, that's all, I, I love doing people's private collections. That's, and it that's is, a real And buzz. it is the whole backstory, isn't it? And, and that's what yeah. pe- a lot of people don't understand is when you do a house clearance, you may it may be a deceased estate you may obviously you've never met the person however when you come to curate the sale and you look into the medals the the history that you you do get an a sense of their life don't you and build that story and that comes across in the show you do definitely and i I think that's that's the thing about the show and it's it's very relatable At, at some point it doesn't matter who you are or what background you are, we all have to go through this process. Either we're downsizing, you know, into our final home and we've got bits to sell, or, you know, sadly, a, a relative's passed away. So everybody has to go through this process. So I think it's relatable to a lot of people. And a lot of people, you'll know yourselves, just don't know what to do. You know, it's all... And, and the, I think it's, it's the most common reason. statement, isn't it, Angus, when you go into a house? And you, yeah. I, I mean, we always, I always say, you know, I do this five times a day. You do this hopefully once or twice in a lifetime. Mm you know so we'll help you know and i'm, I'm sure you're yeah. the same it, it is it's a weird thing isn't it yeah I, I think for a lot of people it's a relief that somebody can come in and, and help them through that process and mm. you've, you've always got to be mindful when you go into a house everybody's situation is different it might be you know quite sensitive you know a deceased uh and relatively recent deceased estate or it could be you know happy reasons oh we bought a new house and we just got some bits to get rid of so it's always you know just you having empathy at the right moment and, and keeping that balance and our job's all about relationships you know it's it's um yes we're in business but it's it, it's very much relationships and most of the business you get is recommendations and it's it's about you know being a people's person now, can we just touch on um, another part of your career? Because you've done, uh, we've done, we've talked about the military. We've talked about your uh, TV career. I mean, movie star. Uh, no, <laughs> um, uh, but also, um, you're, a, you're a local politician, aren't you? Or were? Well, I was, yeah. 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 Um, I yeah, didn't yeah. get sacked or anything. I, I no, 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 no. That wasn't <laughs> yeah. what I was suggesting. <laughs> Dear um, listener, no, don't think that. Yeah, so I was um, I was a local town councillor and I, I became mayor for three years, um, which was great. Uh, but at that level, it, you know, it's pretty much volunteering, running a business, and we, we just have yeah, yeah. Our, our twins. So I, I sort of, at the end of my four-year, ten-year, I, I didn't stand again. But, you know, it's great, and um, it gives you an insight into a different life. And I, I've always had interest in politics and that sort of thing. My dad was always heavily involved. So, uh, yeah. Oh, is that where it came I, from? I mean, I've got a really nice chain. I've got a nice, you know, <laughs> chain. Um, nice. We had to hand it back, though, which, you know. Did, oh, do you not get a replica for your rewards card? No. no. <laughs> <laughs> I just wondered, did you wear it around the house? You know, did you, did you wield that power? I mean, and, and your wife gets a little chain as well, or your, your partner, you know, if you're, um, they get a little chain as well. But uh, it was great. I mean, one, one of the best things that we got to do as mayor is, um, I, I don't think you guys have this down there. Uh, we actually have a national day in Yorkshire, the 1st of August, uh, Yorkshire Day. And 
it's held in a different city each year and all the mayors from every town uh, have this event on Yorkshire Day. There'll be 300 of us all with the chains on from all the different towns and boroughs. Uh, and obviously we celebrate Yorkshire and we have a national anthem and um, wear white roses and all this sort of thing. I know it's it's great. First of August, you'll have to come up to Yorkshire. Hang on a minute. Um, Hang on so a minute. I went. Wait, hold on. I went to school in Lancashire across the Pennines, right? Oh, I, I know, I know, I know, I know. I know. That's why I'm bringing it up. We don't get. We yeah. didn't get a national day. What's all this about? It's it's, yeah, it's no, that is unique first, to you. Yeah, is it first unique of August to every year is uh, Yorkshire Day. Oh, fantastic! Yeah. I don't. I've never. I've never heard of it. I feel really remiss now. So it was great as mayor. You'd be like, I don't know, two, three hundred mayors. And you'd all line up and there'd be mace bearers, you know, the big cities, obviously they get all fancy stuff, and you know, uh, right down to tiny little towns. And you'd all parade through the city and there'd be, a, you know, service in the church or whatever and a luncheon and all this sort of thing. So, yeah, no, it was, it was, it was good. <laughs> I love on, that. On the subject of Yorkshire and you auctioneering in Yorkshire. So, uh, as mm. you know, Harry, uh, our auction house is in Windsor. I'm down mm. in Devon, so about as far yeah. away as you can get. Have you any, any any sense of the regional differences of perhaps auctioneering in Yorkshire as opposed to auctioneering where we are, for example? Um, yeah, I mean, I think there is there is differences uh, and tastes are different. I, I think a lot of that's been diluted with the internet bidding. Um, mm -hmm. You know, gone are the days where oh, I mean, it, there will be to some extent you can have one item sells better in one area of the country than the other. There'll always be a bit of that, particularly on bigger stuff. But it's so much more accessible now, you know. And, and somebody sat in I don't know Hong Kong. If you've got the item, it doesn't matter if you're in Devon or you know the North Yorkshire Moors or London. If you've got the item, they'll, they'll buy it. So I think it's changed a lot, even in the you know twelve years that I've had the sale room. You've seen that change massively, but the, there will be differences. Uh, but that that's that's the nice thing about it. I think. I mean, that's what I loved about doing road trip was, and we're, we're very bad as an industry, and, and doing things like this is great as, as talking to one another. I think as auctioneers. And the yeah. great thing about road trip was yeah. I got to go around other people's sale rooms. Yes. And, say, yeah, and oh, steal my two I like days the way a they month. do that. Or, um, <laughs> you know, oh, actually, how we do that's quite good. Or, you know, and I think that's great. And I think as an industry, we're very poor at collaborating on things and sharing that knowledge. Um, that's our big thing. That's our big thing. thing, Angus, is the fact that we do this. And when we invite people on, particularly people who own other auction houses, we've had some people have said to us, oh, well, you own auction houses. And we say, no, no, we're banging the drum for the industry. We're yeah. we're trying to demystify it. We've got dealers on younger people, older people, you know, as diverse a range of upholsterers, everybody. We're trying to get them all mm. just to make sure that people know what we're all on about, because when you started, and as you said, off air, you had you know four people like we did when you started your auction room. Now you've got in your thir thirty odd. You know, without doing demystifying and promoting, you get nowhere, would you? You know, you've got to pull the punters in and make it accessible. Absolutely, and I, I think the, the face of the industry has changed massively. You know, it, it used to be basically we used to be wholesalers. You know. To trade it and we're much more oriented and, and targeted to the privates now you know and that that's changed massively particularly over the last six years and obviously trades very important we look we, we you know we look we love the trade but it's a lot more geared towards the, the the private end user now and that that shift and that balance has changed massively and you know a lot of the old stereotypes of auctions just aren't true anymore and it's um yeah, it, there's been a big shift even in the last 10 years. Yeah, and one of, how we 
So one of the things that we like to talk about on this uh, on the pod, Angus, is uh, we want to get more younger people involved. Times are hard. Um, we want to get people involved in the business, but we also want to get people aware of the fact that you don't have to buy brand new and it is a very green solution to buy. And, you know, uh, it's it's cheaper. Times mm -hmm. are difficult. It's hard to get a mortgage. So furnishing a house is tricky. And yeah. our question to people like your good self is always, how do we get more people to understand that it's better for their wallet and it's better for um, the environment to go yeah. to your local auction house and upcycle and recycle? That's where the originality is. But also yeah. that is where you're going to do most for the environment and most for your pocket. And it's not a frightening place to be. And I think, as you no. mentioned, the internet makes that easier because you can bid anonymously. You don't have to be in the room. So that's yeah. clearly helping. But how do we get more people to understand that there is this wealth of magnificent stuff coming yeah. fresh to auction every month? And it's I, I keep saying it to a lot of people, you know, in this quite rightly age of, um, uh, you know, environmentalism that, you know, there's always I mean, it's heartbreaking how much stuff we we skip you know when you do house clearances it, it's yeah, yeah tons yeah. and tons we we go through loads and people go oh well you know shame don't be thrown out but the charity shops won't even take it and no. you know the younger generation all shouting about the environment but they're buying new furniture that's been shipped around the world and you, i mean you can get a victorian a really nice victorian chest of drawers for 100 pounds that's 120 150 years old it will last another hundred years. You know, exactly. you can't get more green than our industry, really. And for, for little money. So it's just trying to emphasize that message. Get younger people in, in the sale room. And sale, sale rooms are very sociable places. You know, it's, I, I don't, I'm sure it's similar to you, you know, viewing night or whatever. Locals come in, oh, hey, so they're, they're all very chatty and stuff like that. Um, so, you know, obviously we've got the cafe alongside. So there's a real social element to it. And I think it's just, it's a long old hill to climb, but we've just got to keep it out there. You know, obviously there's lots of programs to, to draw people's interest in, you know, on telly, but it's, and, and things like this, you know, it's great to just. I think that know, when you're at an auction house, I don't know whether, whether you, I'm sure you find this the same, that old, the old fashioned dealers who've been coming for years and years and years are really happy to share their knowledge. So if there's somebody looking at something, you'll see them, if you're even on the rostrum, side up and go, oh, that's so-and-so, if they don't want to bid on it, I hasten to add. But if they're that so-and-so, you know, this is, you know, and I always find that people are quite keen to say, you know, and, and spread the word. Yeah, I, I would as say long as they're not trying to buy it, as I say. Yeah, I'd say on the whole, we're a very friendly bunch and, you know, we've all got, interest, you know, similar passions and, you know, I'm all for younger people coming in. You know, I started in this job, you know, when I was 16 and, you know, we've got a couple of younger people, the clients, but, it's trying to get that younger audience in and also bringing the younger people into the industry on our side of it, you know, mm. uh, for his staff. And I think, I think we all saw a bit of a boom, you know, sort of a year, year two years ago, you know, the industry did fairly well through COVID and the pandemic. And then everybody was recruiting and there was a real shortage, uh, or certainly we, we found of either people that got no experience that wanted to come to it, which is great, or people were, were top level, you know, uh, that middle ground, there's a real drought of people that, you know, come into the industry. So it's a great industry to come in. You know, I've done talks to schools and things like that. So we're always promoting it as a as a career path. Um, but, you know, a lot of these things, they used to run a course at Southampton Uni that finished that that was a good way in that people saw. Um, 
but there's no real dedicated path into it. I mean, mm. you just stand up and sell stuff. I, I've got no qualifications. Um, there's been various things over the years, you know, Sofa, which still sort of exists. There was Nava, but that's changed its name now. There's nothing really that's ever stuck as a as a a career path to sell to schools and things like that i think no i agree i agree it's tricky isn't it because people say i want to get into it and youngsters quite rightly in this day and age do like to unfortunately they can't do it's not as easy to do what you did at 16 and just say i'm here i'm willing to leave home and sit in a bed sit give me a gavel and i'm off and running they do like to have a qualification or some idea of career progression and the education part of that is quite interesting so it's, it's it is difficult i'm sure that one but there you go simon that's the next thing we can champion if you'd just like to <laughs> rustle up a three-year course for that rustle mate. up a three-year course yeah I don't really know what, i'm pretty sure they don't want me to run it i can tell you that right now so. <laughs> now angus you also i understand do a bit of after dinner speaking as well yeah i do loads of uh talk nights afternoon speaking charity auctions from you know every scale to uh i mean there's a couple of regular charities i mean i get a lot of requests so it's hard to you know sell them so there's some that i've done for years uh that i always do uh and that could be charity auction in the back room of a pub i did one for rydell yeah. dog rescue every year <laughs> to massive i mean i've got one in london coming up big black tie uh for um combat stress military charity you know that's usual it was in westminster last year um and talk nights from whether it's the wi group down the road or you know big after dinner black tie events so yeah i, I i've always been into public speaking you know I, I think that's where the confidence came being this job selling in a rostrum and that sort of thing you know i was public speaking at sort of 12 in, in young farmers and things like that mm. farmers club and you had to you know speak about topics so yes yeah, you know, enjoy and you usually get fed well as well so it's quite good <laughs> Uh, could, could you do us a favour? Because it's funny that you mentioned the WI. Because I've got to do the I've got to talk, do the talk to the WI in two weeks' yeah. time. So if you could send me your script, yeah. that would be marvellous. I, 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 be... I, I can't. I can't do scripts. I can't write any notes. I, <laughs> okay. I to, honestly, I have to do it all off the cuff. Um, so, so help oh me. no! Yeah. To, please don't <laughs> say that, Angus. Do not let Simon do it off the cuff. <laughs> Simon needs to be scripted and very carefully guided. I need to be, all you um, need is a couple of bullet points in in, in your head. <laughs> And I, I, where I try possible is audience led. So I, I usually give a, a 10 minute sort of overview of what we do, the basic career outline, and then go down whichever rabbit hole the audience want, you know, oh, they're interested in that, take a question on that, and then expand, take the question, expand on it. You can talk about that for 10 minutes and go down wherever. So um, that's if how get, I if, tend to do it. If it gets a bit quiet, have you got yeah. a get out of jail story that you can share? Yeah, how long have you got? I've got great. <laughs> I've got Come a few on. stories. So let's have your so, best one. Um, so a few years ago, we did uh, a fantastic collection for. It was all World War One artifacts, um, mortar, you know, shell casings, all sort of amazing. I mean, hundreds of grenades. I mean, I did bombs in the army, so I knew it was safe. And anyway, it was all on view. I mean, there's some really rare stuff. People travelled the country for this collection. It, you know, museums were interested. In really good stuff. Anyway, sale was on Saturday, Friday morning. I live next door to the sale room. Police officer knocks on the door. Uh, we've got to evacuate the premises. Sorry. There's a bomb for sale at the sale room. I said, no, no, there isn't. You know, no, no, we've got to evacuate. Anyway, go around the corner and there was another police officer there who I went to school with. I'm like, hello, Holly, are you all right? Yeah, he goes, yeah, yeah. I know you're in the military and stuff, but we've had this report that you've got a bomb and, you know, we've had to evacuate. 
Well, they evacuated the whole area. Businesses, they closed the road, you know, they thought there was this bomb. Oh, wow. I, took, I took this police sergeant inside. He had a heart attack. So, the, you know, there's 400 grenades <laughs> or what have you, all inert, you know. And um, I said, well, what's the item in question? Oh, it's this Stokes mortar bomb. I said, okay, but this one here, oh, don't touch it, don't touch it. I said, it's fine. Unscrewed it. Look, it's empty. It's just a tube of metal. Absolutely fine. Ah, oh, well, we've been told uh, if it has a red band around it, it means highly explosive. And I said, yeah, but there's no explosives in it. it it's fine. Right, well, we best get bomb squad in to check it all. So, you know, all the houses, you know, this was great for my uh, re-election campaign. Uh, <laughs> um, the road's closed. Uh, they're evacuating everybody. And to make matters worse, th this was, at the same time, you you'll have remembered the, the fracking protests. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So we're in Kirby Moorside. The fracking site is about 10 minutes away, a place called oh. Kirby Misperton. So some travelling protesters thought the police closed the road because we were the fracking site. So we had a demonstration going on outside as well. Um, I couldn't make it up. I, I was pulling my hair out. And um, so we had to wait for the, the army to come, bomb disposal. Uh, they said, well, it's all fine, even if it is live. You can collapse the cord and, you know, nothing's going to go bang. And they had to x-ray 8,000 items. It was fine. Uh, we didn't have any bombs for sale, believe it or not. Um, and I thought that was it done. You know, nightmare. All these people have turned up. You know, what's going on? And uh, I said, well, can we can we get on with business now? And the police officer goes, oh, where did you get all these items from? I said, well, this is my vendor. It's his collection. There's nothing problem with it. You know, this stuff gets dug out of the ground in France all the time. The plows go through. And, you know, he collected it all in the 70s and 80s. We've taken it from his house. That You know, it's completely legit. No problem. He might be an international arms dealer. <laughs> I said, no, 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 he's not. He, he's not. Well, he could be a grave robber uh, because obviously in 2001, they changed the laws on removing artifacts from historical sites. So, but I mean, this was all pre then. So they said, this is now a major crime investigation. <laughs> and they drafted in a special unit. Um, and we had about 20 police officers here, evidence tagging the whole lot. Um, I mean, I was having kittens at this point. I said, you've got this completely wrong. No, 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 no. This is serious. Uh, I think there's one officer to cover the whole of North Yorkshire. We had, it was, the place was covered in police. Uh, photographing every item. They did some great photographs, by the way. I mean, <laughs> yeah. uh, evidence tagging, receiving every item. And um, my poor vendor, his house was stormed by armed police and he was taken into custody. He spent the night in the, in the clink. They were there for two days. Um, and I said, well, can you take it away then? And can we get on with, with business? Yeah, we, we haven't got anywhere big enough to store all this evidence. So we're commandeering your building. You're allowed what? in. We'll let you into your office if you need to do some work with a police escort. So this went on. This was all day Saturday, all day Sunday. Um, and I said, I'm like, what am I going to do? You know, so like, Monday morning, um, I get a phone call. There's no police. I went into work, no police officer. Ooh, tamper with evidence. Uh, not, no, obviously I didn't do that. <laughs> I get a phone call off an inspector uh, who sounded younger than my son, actually, um, <laughs> and said, oh, we're, we've, we've slightly overreacted. There'll be an officer around to take the evidence tags off, carry on as normal. So That's uh, all you got? <laughs> that was it? Yeah, yes. Yeah. So, so I've slightly overreacted. Oh, my yeah. God. Yeah. So, oh, uh, brilliant. Th th there's one of my sort of fail-safe no. stories that I bring out at talks. <laughs> okay, so, so if you soon to be heard at the, the WY in Devon. <laughs> in Devon, exactly. If if you hear that a Lime Bay auctions has had a similar incident, don't worry about yeah. it. It's just me getting out of no. jail with your story. Thanks a lot, Angus. Yeah, that's, that's fine. It's fine. <laughs> Angus, uh, I am conscious because I've just seen the time that you've got um, things to do and you've got a sale tomorrow. 
and places. We to have go. got to sell tomorrow, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I've got to sell tomorrow. Um, I, do you know what? On the night before a sale, I definitely would have given spared the time to do this. But you're used to working under pressure, after, obviously. But uh, we are thrive off it. We love it. <laughs> I mean, all that filming, God, I don't think I could cope. Simon, are you sure you want a TV career? Sounds a lot of hard work. It does sound like a lot of work. I Sounds think like I might, a lot. Of work. I think I might leave it up to Angus. Angus, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. It's been fascinating to hear from you, and I tell you what, I thoroughly enjoyed it, and I appreciate you making the time for us. Thanks ever so much. Keep doing what you're doing because you, you know, you in, in uh, promoting the auction business far and wide and doing a fantastic job at it and we appreciate it genuinely so thank you yeah it's good for us all no problem well, yeah thank you for this <laughs> cheers angus and we will uh we will talk to you soon no doubt i'm going to come out i'm going to okay. check out this cafe good luck with the sale <laughs> yeah yeah tomorrow. good we've got, we've got great coffee yeah uh, I'm, roasted I'm all, in new york yeah <laughs> i'm all in for that take care thanks so much how interesting and oh do you know what like all the people we seem to interview how much has that bloke done in his life i love hearing the whole backstory as well the you know the career uh everything that he's done prior to becoming an auctioneer but also how much he loves the auction business and you know he's out there promoting it so what a star yeah lovely to talk to as well i do you know what i think we could do another three episodes with angus quite easily because he's full of fabulous stories and anecdotes um and you know he understands the business so well what a star if he could find the time oh yeah uh, there is that who knew that the yorkshire auction house took up so much time to film unbelievable yeah unbelievable and who knew that he nearly blew up half of yorkshire that was my best bit <laughs> do you know what we both tell stories about having bad days at work but can you imagine that i have to say i i was very tempted but then it's not all about us uh, is to say we've done a few things in our time harry but never has the bomb squad <laughs> swooped in not only on us but our vendor as well so Nice one, Angus. I like can that. You, I like yeah, that. Can you imagine? Oh, it's very good. Fascinating that he'd started about the same time that we uh, yeah. launched Windsor Auction, similar-ish time. Um, mm. And, uh, and that his TV uh, has taken off and mine hasn't. How good was I? How good was I? I never brought it up. You did. You were very good. You didn't bring it up. That's really kind of you. If I said, dear listener, if I sound slightly stilted during this uh, during this interview, well, when you when you listen to the interview. Um, it's not just that we were going through the, probably the worst technical problems we've ever had with connections and computers and God knows what, which is always very funny. It's the fact that I desperately wanted to say to Angus, oh, you know the production company that you work with and you're singing their praises and they're already great. Turn Simon down. Yeah, turn me down, Angus. But you know what? I can see why. <laughs> Do you know what? I, and the, I don't see. I don't see why. I'm sure they'll be back on the phone soon, and I'll be carrying your bags off screen. But it is. It's a massive commitment. It's a huge commitment. Huge commitment. And you know, with a family as well, and kids and all the rest of it. Yeah, yeah. All credit to him. All credit to him. So Lucky to have a big team around him that's uh, supporting him and all the rest of it. Fascinating. And he was obviously quick to sing their praises, which is. That makes life easy, doesn't it? Absolutely. Well, yeah, another legend of auctioneering interviewed on The Gavel and the Gabble. Who's next? Uh, you can't remember, can you? Shall I interview you? No, thanks. Next, coming up uh, after this gentleman, uh, so in a couple of weeks' time, uh, will be Michael Baggett. 
uh, of Bagot Silver. There was a recent Twitter uh, or tweet went out from the Antiques Road Trip uh, TV show, and I will mention this. Um, and they said, uh, who do you want to see back on the show or who hasn't been on the show? And uh, Michael Baggett came up almost as much as Paul Laidlaw. And they were the top two. And all, all the others who we've spoken to, David Harper and all the rest of it, loads and loads of people were talking about that. But it was re- they were really focusing on who. And there were thousands of people commenting uh, on uh, who they should, who should get on. And so we're privileged to have uh, Michael coming on. Um, dear listener, I will tell you in advance, Simon and I will not be doing much talking. We'll be doing a lot of listening because this a guy lot of listening. is incredible at his chosen subject. Looking forward to that. Looking forward to that. Uh, can I just give a, a, a shout out to today, my lovely wife, Susie, uh, just before we started recording this podcast, came in and said, I know you're just about to do the podcast. We've had our first podcast referral. Well, I say referral, somebody who listens to the podcast and has phoned up and said, we've got a load of stuff we'd like to sell, some silver and some jewellery and some bits and pieces, and I've enjoyed the podcast, and so we'd like to come and use your auction house. How wonderful is that? That's great fun. Really lovely. And and you know what? I really appreciate that. Yeah, I appreciate that too. And if they, and if, if they want to be name-checked or some of their items mentioned on the pod, we will be straight there. And you know what? If there are other listeners out there that would like to sell through Windsor Auctions or Lime Bay Auctions, we will be only delighted to hear from you. And if you actually say you want us to talk about it on the pod as well, more than happy to do that as well. It's all part of the service. If you're in Yorkshire, ring Rydale Auctions. Ring Rydale. Yeah, it's a good idea. Chat to Angus. He'll sort it out for you. Fantastic. (laughs) Nice guy. Love that. Really enjoyed it. And thank you, Angus. What a star. Please. Will you like, subscribe, review, spread the word about the gavel and the gavel? Because if you don't, we get told off by producer Dave. Thank you. Right, mate. See you in a week. Look forward to it. Cheers, pal. Cheers, buddy. Cheers, buddy.